0: Welcome to the Dad Bod Pod special post draft analysis throwback to the the Thanksgiving special extravaganza. We've got a lot of guests today. As always, uh, our guest every week, Seth. Seth <laughs> welcome back to the pod. We have last week's guest, the host of Caleb's Corner, Caleb Fleming on the line. Oops. We have our editor, Zach Robbins.
1: Long, long. And... Cutting all yeah, of this out sh- in real time. What's that? <laughs> Cutting all of this out in real time.
0: Oh, yeah. He's, he's editing on the fly. And rounding out our quartet today, we've got Sean Greer. Sean, welcome What's to the
2: pod. What's up, everyone?
0: So, before we dive into this... Uh, you know, what do you guys think about the draft on Tuesday? We we drafted Tuesday, today's Friday. Um, so we've already had, you know, the kind of the first big day of NFL roster cutdowns. Um, I think there were some surprising cuts. Leonard Fournette, who there may have been an auto draft incident, get yeah. signed by the Bucks. So there's there's been some changes over the past couple of days. So okay. what what do you guys think having everyone together? Uh draft <laughs> night. Did it did it live up to the hype?
3: It was great. Lived up to the hype. Uh, I mean, I thought it was. I thought it was nice. Everyone being on equal playing field this year for the first time ever because what last year we had a there was a pseudo in person four four or five people draft Jamie and Caleb's and then other folks other folks were some were remote on on the Google Meet. Um, and then others were just in the just drafted. So I think we had we had we did have almost full participation if you include Trey's nip slip, um, <laughs> uh, with the exception of Sumner, who may not actually be a real person at this point.
1: Could be a bot. It's a really smart bot, if so.
0: Most of them are. But did Drew draft
4: was, for me last
1: year?
0: He did. He was so, one of the four in-person drafters. It was me, Matt, Sean, and Sean and Drew. That's right. What's
4: Drew's best finish in the league? I wonder if if I did more with a, a Drew drafted team than he ever has. I think yeah, his I best think is Drew's, like eleventh place. Yeah, after
2: eleventh, <laughs> can confirm.
4: This is good. This is a fun stat. I'm gonna have to look up to share yeah. with Drew.
2: That'd be a painful burn. Is that you finished what fourth last year, Caleb? Fourth, yeah. Man,
1: I kind of I kind of threw that out. On my podcast a mere week and a half ago, I said if Drew had been in the league, I wouldn't have finished 12th last year. <laughs> oh, sorry. John, I think I was actually I, and I th- But I think the data backs me up on that. If, uh, I'm so glad he's back in. Don't get me wrong. And not just, not just for that reason.
0: Not just for competitive reasons, but for it's camaraderie is, reasons. This
1: is, that's exactly right. This is all... Just trash talk to get him on the pod in love.
0: I don't know who it was that dropped the quote, but on draft night, someone said, Pure data is cold. And Seth is bringing the icy, icy cold data and directing it at Drew.
1: Because I do not bring icy cold data to my own draft picks, <laughs> just feelings and emotions. Yeah, it's the only way to explain several of my picks. Le'Veon Bell. I uh, think that
0: was your most questionable pick from my side, so I'm glad you feel the same.
1: It definitely is. I I offered him in a trade, I think, on draft night <laughs> to Sumner and Matt. I mean, saying this might kill any shot of offloading him, but...
0: I don't think you had a shot to begin with. So just our our
1: league it. is very RB forward, and a lot of things went a different way. Trav taking Kenyon Drake with the tenth pick, leaving me Devonte Adams, uh, which hadn't ever happened in a in a mock, really.
2: Can we get back to Drew for a second and maybe go and take a look at his team, and maybe do a little analysis on on his side first?
0: Absolutely. Um, so what what we'll do for each team here is run through. Um, Each roster, and there's just so much optimism here at the beginning of the year Uh that anything is possible. You know, there's we don't really know a lot of the information about how players will be utilized, how people that change teams, how those adjustments will go. And especially in this COVID context where there's a lot of restrictions on beat writers and even the information that they're allowed to share, that's that's even more blown up this year of like, there's just so much uncertainty surrounding all of this stuff. Mm. Um, I think especially around injuries, like there's a lot of guys that, you know, there's kind of like some rumors or like very small whispers about guys, missing practices. And I think there's going to be a lot of people who are more injured than we think come week one.
2: Mm. And
0: I, I think that could blow up some really high draft picks as well. Um, so for each of these teams, we'll run through and put our rose colored glasses on and say, how could this draft just absolutely kill it and skyrocket this person to a championship and then do the same thing, uh, with our pessimistic realism glasses of knowing that there's going to be 11 losers in this league and break down how, how we think that they'll inevitably meet their heartbreak. So I would love to start with Drew since we've all decided that he's finishing 10th or 11th. Um, at best and 12th at worst. Um, he did draft 12th, so he 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 was starting out at the bottom. So, but yeah, Sean, you wanna you wanna take that and go whatever direction you want.
2: My the only thing that I'm I'm trying to get over here, and I'm just looking at this for the first time. But what strikes me is how maybe at the beginning of the 2019 season, I think this roster would have looked more appealing to me. As it's currently laid out, there's a the injury risks I think, or the risk profile of these players seemed to skyrocket last year, and I'm just curious if you know maybe there is a a little uh, a little lag perhaps on Drew's side for having missed a year, maybe it's showing up in this draft with how he drafted these players because I looked at this list and I went, man, Stafford goes out in six weeks, right? You had. You always have like Julio Jones issues, right? With, you know, too few touchdowns getting scored. Terry McLaurin is, you know, kind of, well, he doesn't really have a quarterback throwing to him when he's really their whole offense. Joe Mixon, he was injured last year. I don't know for how long, right?
3: They just gave him a big new contract, though.
2: I know. They do that in the NFL for some reason <laughs> with these running backs. <laughs> um, Jonathan Taylor, right? He's a. Um, obviously there's like a lot of hype with that guy, but he's still kind of unknown and has Marlon Mack to beat out officially there. Hunter Henry, didn't he go out early last year?
4: Yeah, he
0: missed like the first five weeks, maybe, and then I did not immediately insert him into my lineup when he came back in week six, and he scored two touchdowns right away. Um, So yeah, that one hurt, but he missed a significant amount of time.
2: And then carry on. So...
0: Carry on, still rocking a
3: brace. Yeah, he really, he really bought into the Lions. Three yeah, straight same, Lions picks. Right.
2: Right. Yeah, and who knows? I mean, you know that stat, right? Like Stafford was what QB four through the first six weeks last year, and I think mm-hmm. a lot of people were optimistic that he'd have a another fast start. Um, but yeah, just the risk profile seems so high. Um, even uh, even
3: Greg uh, Greg the Leg Zerline uh, didn't yeah, he pull yeah. his groin last year Maybe or something.
2: Maybe the year before, I, 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 but it was definitely it's been recent. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and then you get into the bench too, and you've got kind of similar a similar story, right? Keenan Allen, I don't know, this is probably not true. Every year I've drafted Keenan Allen, he's <laughs> torn his ACL, and feels uh, so injury prone to me. Green Hunt, obviously. Uh, kind of a head case off the field and trying to clean up his act. Marvin Jones. And competing,
3: like, and competing with Nick Chubb.
2: Yeah, that's true. I, li- I like Marvin Jones. I think that was a good pick. Emmanuel Sanders, obviously, is is getting up there in age and has to fight Michael Thomas. Uh, Pittman Jr., I've heard, is great, but also is going to be competing with Paris Campbell, I think, uh, in that offense, which I think has a great offensive line. should create plenty of time for Philip Warriors to find offensive players but maybe there's too many mouths to feed and then of course bryce love right who uh you know infamously screwed up his whole body uh, and that's seems- he didn't he didn't draft bryce love he dropped he, he that was a one was of his first bat- free
3: agent wa- waiver pickups
1: yeah
0: yeah that was a pickup after adrian peterson got cut
3: the waiver
1: wire is alive I feel like Drew's
3: team reminds me of my team two years ago when I went into the draft with this theory that um, I could take the injury, like injury premium value, which was like coming off of a bad year that they're, they're they might not have two bad years in a row, like injury injured veterans basically <laughs> that otherwise would have been first round picks like two or three years ago, still yeah. have that experience. Um, that was that was the year that I got last. So
2: oh dude, that's actually my I never,
3: never never tested that theory again.
2: I, I tested that theory too, and it was the year that I gave Kareem Hunt to Travis. I had Cream Hunt his first year, and Travis was like, no, and I was like, no, it's good. I'll take the, I'll take whatever running back is on the Browns right now who is supposed to be something, and I'm dropping his name. Carlos Hyde? No, it was no Duke he was, Johnson? No, slower and less talented. A couple years ago. I'm serious. Like, you'll hear this name and laugh because you'll remember he was hot for all of 30 seconds leading up to that.
0: Peyton Hillis. Tell me it was Peyton
2: Hillis. It was after Hillis. You're going to, I'll look it up and I'll I'll chime in in a bit with it. But, uh, man, I tried that and I got Marshawn Lynch. This was two, three years ago. And I, 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 those were second, third round picks, I think, at the time. And it just killed me. So that I, I think we should just ward off on that strategy as a manager, or as managers in this league going forward. It's it's proven to be very very tumultuous of a of a, of a path.
0: I have also been burned on on that in the past. Um, so just to kind of recap and and put a lid on Drew's outlook, um, I think
1: Isaiah Crowell. That's... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That guy. The crow.
3: I can't believe I took it. There was it. so much hype around him.
1: I know. Now we can officially cap it.
0: <laughs> yeah. So so to cap this one, Drew's season is wrecked if Julio does Julio things in the red zone, scores zero touchdowns. Um, his his uh, veterans, you know, guys like Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, um even Marvin Jones, Emmanuel Sanders, if those guys just end up being past past their primes and don't don't exceed their lower ADPs. And then if the rookies don't hit, if Jonathan Taylor is in a true timeshare with Marlon Mack and doesn't really take take a hold of that job, if Kareem Hunt is just buried behind Nick Chubb and doesn't really get workhorse um, potential there Justin Jefferson and Michael Pittman, two rookies as well, if they just don't end up being fantasy relevant this year. Um, but then on on the upside, like looking at his draft, I think Mixon and Julio uh, definitely have a chance to to finish top five in the league at, at their respective positions. So if, if they hit, um, if Jonathan Taylor does end up usurping Marlon Mack and... Um, you know, really being the number one option there, then all of a sudden he's got two stud running backs. Then if something happens to Nick Chubb and if Kareem Hunt just gets more, more work as a receiver um, and those two back sets that they're saying, they they want to run out there in Cleveland. Um, if that ends up bouncing his way, um, you know, that could be really good. And then Terry McLaurin, there's nobody competing for targets with him in Washington. Ooh. If Dwayne Haskins ends up being better than we think, um, you know, Scary Terry could, you know, absolutely explode with more targets this year. And then if uh on the back end of this draft, if Stafford stays healthy and the Lions offense, which has a ton of potential, added some playmakers and DeAndre Swift this year, uh TJ Hawkinson coming into year two, if the Lions defense ends up uh, or offense ends up being overperformers this year then all of a sudden he's got a really strong looking team so you could you could even
3: say if Detroit's defense it does what it does then the offense has to do something
0: exactly oh, well, yeah that that defense isn't winning them any games this year point, yeah? especially after getting rid of Darius Slay um sending him to the Eagles so they're they're gonna throw the ball they're gonna they're gonna move the ball and He's he's definitely got got some guys that could hit.
2: Is a uh, is a uh, Caleb is Terod Taylor gonna throw to Henry this year? What is, what's your I know your resident expert on all things Terod.
4: Yeah, I love him so much and want him to be an MVP. Um, but I think that his fantasy value is always capped because he's a game manager and not a like gunslinger. Essentially, so like your best case scenario is probably like. 200 yards and a touchdown or two touchdowns, maybe a week. Um, and that's like, I mean, he he can throw in like 30, doesn't make a lot of mistakes, doesn't turn over the ball very often. Um, but he just isn't going to have, I mean, with Matt, with Stafford, you have such a, like a high risk, high reward for Detroit, right? Like any given week he can go out and throw six interceptions or six touchdowns and 500 yards. And he's like going to have the exact same confidence the next week. Um, so I I see the appeal here, and I I don't know. I hope that Tyrod has one of those like just unexpected but fantastic fantasy years that keeps him on the radar for years to come and doesn't end up. Who's the um, Who's the backup in LA for him now? That they're sort Fox, of grooming to be their starter. Herbert. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So my, my
4: hope is that the Tyrod He's gets a, a real here. chance.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If you've been watching Hard Knocks, Herbert. Basically, got hot mic saying, "Yeah, I'm still catching up a little bit, and it's, it's <laughs> dogging him. Like he's like golf three years ago, except everyone ended up blaming that on Jeff Fisher once McVay came around.
2: What about Sam Darnold when he got mic'd up and said he was seeing ghosts? <laughs> seeing
1: ghosts—that's
2: <laughs> right. so that's, that's terrible. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe. I mean, he's obviously like recovered from that, but man, I think that a lesser QB would mentally not be able to get back from that." The embarrassment
4: of it. Yeah, I would stay away from Tyrod's receivers for those reasons, though. I just don't think you're going to see a lot of touchdowns or yards from any of them. Um, but I do. I think he's a good quarterback, and I believe that he'll win some games. I just don't think he's going to be uh, as relevant in fantasy as I would hope, on a weekly basis at least. The other thing I want to say about Drew's team, uh, with, with all respect to Drew and the caveat that I'm not very good at fantasy football is that he he doesn't really he doesn't have any players that really would scare me on a week to week basis. You know how I remember feels like every season with Steven when you look at his roster or like Travis and Matt the last couple years there's like three or four players that you're like this guy's going to hang 50 on yeah. me. Um, and I just don't see that here. I think I could make the case f- I could maybe lie to myself, but I would genuinely believe on any given week that None of these guys are gonna gonna blow up and if I have just like a pretty average week, we'll probably be fine. So that that would be my concern if I were Drew is that the way the way to winning the league is probably gonna be through a lot of like unsexy, like consistent, a little bit above average performance and not from like explosive superstar high high point weeks.
1: Yeah. I know what you mean. There are there are games or managers that feel like upsets before you even get into them like if i win this week someone's gonna have to crater i'm gonna have to have a player go off just because mm-hmm. i'm not even talking about like matt with christian mccaffrey and those crazy projections he's got um you just it's, it's, people just have a little hoodoo on them and uh i don't see it it's interesting he got julio i would say 95 percent of the mock drafts i did and i did 95 um, I had Julio coming to me first and then if I was lucky Kenyon Drake, but, um, Trav stretched according to Yahoo's rankings and grabbed Kenyon and, and kind of set off this thing. Cause everyone's talking about Atlantic Falcons. Like they're going to be an air raid again, but all the hype is all the hype is around Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley. Who I think Caleb, you have, um, like he's going to be the league winner, the you know wide receiver one, just as many targets as Julio, but with all the touchdowns and all of this, um, that makes them sound exciting in real football land. I don't know about fantasy. Um, anyway, it was weird because I was always like, "Well, I should feel good about Julio," but it always felt weird that everyone was like, "But Calvin Ridley's who you really want?" Yeah, you, you have, have to have take to, Julio if like he's
2: your available. You yeah, do like exactly. it. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of like the the Tyler Boyd theory, right? It's like when AJ Green's healthy and productive, it's like it doesn't even benefit AJ Green. It really just benefits Tyler Boyd, right? Uh, and so some some like sometimes you have these like wide receiver twos on these uh, on these teams that end up popping because of the, the decoy value. And Julio has played that like a he's been so servant hearted on that team in some ways uh you know not catching all those touchdowns I'm sure has to irk him given his talent level right I mean, he should have you know incredible stats to partner with that and he does from a yardage perspective right but you kind of want to see a Julio um <laughs> just just because he's he's one of the best catch more
1: exactly and Caleb you said something too that is sort of how I feel about more than half my team which is these are good names and good football players who why am I not more excited about them? Like my two wide receivers starting wide receivers are WR ones. It's Devonte Adams and Amari Cooper on high powered quarterbacks or offenses. And everyone's talking about Gallup and CD lamb and, I don't know. We we spent thirty minutes on Drew's team. I don't know if we're on a segue. <laughs> we yeah, we'll rename this podcast. So to Drew's, we, Drew's,
2: just, I, we just trashed. It's a good Drew. talking to I y'all. Say, let me let me let me <laughs> create a little segue here. I I know I took probably the hardest hit at Drew, and Drew knows that I love him. But I want to say this. I don't know if we made enough pageantry about this when Drew came back. But Drew, you are so infinitely better than Cody in this league. <laughs> <laughs> so happy that you are here. Over Cody, and Cody's actually on this pod. He's, we've just muted him. He's he's in the gym yeah. though, and I can see him, but he doesn't have a voice right now, which is great.
1: Yeah, he's our stenographer.
2: So, um, well, welcome back, Drew. We we missed you, bud.
1: I
4: like to think that Cody's shielding us from any legal liability on the pod. <laughs> if anything comes up, he'll tell us right away, and we can pull it down.
0: Hey guys, I flagged this for you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, our theme song definitely has some copyright infringement <laughs> <laughs> issues going on there. Yeah, if we get a I don't think it's an issue until we 000. get advertisers, so it's fine. <laughs> oh good point. Yeah. Okay, so uh we started out at the eleventh slot. Let's just keep it going. Uh we'll go to twelve and trash Seth's team. Uh, I was the
1: eleventh slot. Yeah. Uh, I thought you were twelve.
2: 12. Uh, no
1: Drew was Drew's twelve, wasn't he? No. Yeah, Drew picked twelve, I picked 11th.
4: Yeah, Seth finished last, but Drew was yep didn't finish at all last year. <laughs> so, all right. are you
0: sure about that?
1: Yep. Yes.
3: Mm.
4: As the
1: guy well, who picked eleventh, I'm 11th. here to tell you, yeah. I picked eleventh.
0: <laughs> all right. So we started. I guess we could go either way. Then we could go <laughs> up to to Matt at um, number one, or over to the eleventh spot.
1: Yeah, since it's only eight fifty p.m. here now, I probably have the highest likelihood of staying on for five hours at this rate. So we can go to Matt. <laughs> 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 okay,
0: who who wants to take the uh the rosy view for Matt's team? And I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you two minutes max. You gotta be quick here.
1: It's not gonna be Matt. So good thing he's not on.
0: I want to take
2: the
1: other view. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I can do it because I mean he took, Christian McCaffrey one one, so like there's there's some easy he did ones something here right your guide.
2: Yeah, there's yeah definitely some easy. Ones. Uh,
1: James I mean, Connor too is getting so much like uh, the, his three starting RBs are pretty solid.
3: Really though, I so, feel like he's trying to recreate. Okay, no, it's I'll, a 2019.
1: Jamie, team. Jamie, you go. Jamie yeah, Hugo. Yeah.
0: I'll I'll talk about the sandcastle that uh, Matt built with his draft. And then Zach, you can be the, the tide rushing in to
1: his <laughs> dreams. Great. Love it. Let me say I one thing first have... about Matt.
4: <laughs> this is important. I, I love it. Go for it. I think we should remember that the team that Matt has right now in three weeks will be 100% cycled through.
1: So <laughs> uh, we probably shouldn't spend from... too much time on it. <laughs> He's offered me a trade, like a four for three already.
0: Yeah, I would say from pick seven down, you should expect to see most of those guys on the waiver wire.
1: Um he offered me his like pick seven down for like my top three picks. He he
0: consulted me on that trade and I said, I don't think you guys are anywhere close to completing a trade. Stop wasting my time.
2: But all right, that's talking all. about yeah, his,
0: his draft, Matt picked in the, the number one spot because he won the league last year. So he, his moves have paid off in the not-too-distant past. So he, he gets a little bit of a, a pass there. At the 101, he takes Christian McCaffrey. And Christian McCaffrey could have stopped playing in week 12 last year and still finished as the number one RB in fantasy. That is insane. If McCaffrey comes even close to repeating last year's production, Matt is basically starting an RB1 and half of another RB1 with just one player. He backs that up with James Conner, who, when he's been healthy, has been a top 10 running back in the league. So assuming health there, which is a big if, but definitely not out of the realm of possibility. uh, You know, he's got two studs right off the bat. Chris Carson, they brought in Carlos Hyde, Rashad Penny. I'm not really worried about the running back competition there either. Um, if there's one thing Pete Carroll loves, it's not letting Russ cook and it's <laughs> running the ball. So Chris Carson's going to get his touches. Um, and he, he showed more receiving ability last year as well. So, you know, starting off with those robust running backs, you know, he's he's got his two RBs and a flex spot. Um, all of them stay healthy for a 16-game slate. That's, that's a pretty good start, especially when that number one guy is CMC. Then he takes Dak Prescott and it's not out of the realm of possibility for Dak Prescott to end the year as QB one. Oh, so
2: dear.
3: it is <laughs> a cowboy homer. He's, how's he's, that, how's he's, that two minute timer going, Jamie, by the way,
2: <laughs> <laughs> not so, you're, on, you're on his
3: fourth pick.
0: Well, yeah, that's because I'm not going to say shit about the guys from <laughs> eight, the eighth pick down. They're all on the waiver wire. So I got to build up these guys. Uh, so Dak QB one, put it in the books. It's going to happen. Um, Robert Woods, he's not a sexy pick, but, um, once again, they lose Brandon cooks and he, he's just a a target machine, positive touchdown regression could absolutely come this year. And he gets, um, some rushing touches as well. So
3: I'm really looking forward to, to talk to you talking about this next pick.
0: Yeah. Stefan Diggs um, (laughs) leaves Minnesota where he was kind of that one B to Adam Thielen's one a, Goes to the Buffalo Bills, where he's the number one target option there. And he's got a quarterback that can throw the ball 80 yards from his knees. So assuming that five or six of those 80-yard tosses uh, make their way into his hands, and knowing Josh Allen's accuracy, that'll be like a 20% completion rate. But it doesn't matter if he's catching a couple of those 80-yard touchdowns. Um, And then A.J. Green, um, you know, assuming he bounces back and is healthy, the reports on Joe Bureau are really great right now. So,
2: Love Love
0: so go go Tigers. Um, but yeah, I think we we talked a lot about those veteran injury discounts. Um, whereas a couple of years ago, AJ Green's a second round pick. There's a reason he's going in the seventh round, but if he shows closer to that uh, top potential, he's he's got another solid flex play there. And then he just filled out his bench with, um, you know, Deontay Johnson, Henry Ruggs, all of these guys really need an injury or something like that um, to, to really be fantasy relevant, but there's some potential there.
1: Jarek McKinnon is a straight up, not fantasy relevant. That's an odd one to me, but I will say I didn't actually mock that much, but I did have a lot of fantasy pros podcasts on in the background the past few weeks. And, Eight of the first nine of Matt's picks are like Mike Tegliary's dream team. It's like all they're talking about on those podcasts are these guys, I mean, maybe the quarterback a little early, but I'm definitely not a Cowboys Homer and a lot are saying Dax in the top three uh, this year that if if Matt put this up to those guys, they'd be like, well done, good and faithful servant. Um, I'm just flabbergasted that McKinnon and the kicker got picked before his tight end in like second to last round, $80 T.J. Hawkinson. More like $200 T.J. Hawkinson. That's right. All McKinnon. my fab.
2: McKinnon was going to be the future in San Francisco until he tore his ACL, right? You got a big yeah, one. and
1: now he's like third or fourth on the – he hasn't played in like two or three years now.
2: Yeah, that's right. He came back and I think re-injured himself, right? Yeah. But well, that was a nice pickup on the indie indie defense playing Jacksonville week one. Thought that was a good if you're a streamer defensive fan. I thought that was a good. Yeah, that was also that was also a post draft.
0: Yeah, he picked I Minnesota yeah, first.
2: Move. Oh. Yeah. Well, congratulations, all these post draft moves, guys. Great work, through <laughs> one, love. Yeah, Matt Indianapolis. I'm really appreciating your your wire work. So, yeah, so Matt's, so on Matt's the, our
0: number one waiver wire trainer.
3: So, so on the on the flip side. Looking at Matt's draft here, I mean, I won't say anything about CMC because I don't I mean, having said that, the likelihood of a first round pick repeating is very low given given the data, like the number of times that so some something, if history repeats itself will happen to the Panthers, the CMC, there will be an injury, something. so it's a it's a dangerous spot to to be in. He did this with
0: um, Kyle Allen at quarterback last year. Come on. Come on.
3: Some Something. Well, yeah, sure. All I'm saying is there's a lot of things that could happen that would affect his performance between injury, team dynamics. I mean, they have a new coach. Um, so, you know, the way that they run the ball, the way that they throw the ball, et cetera. Um, I worry
1: about, I worry about, I mean, part of this is Matt's predilection to trade for trading sake but this bench of backups unless they pop off in rb1s you're banking on injuries there's not much in terms of like let's
3: wait to talk about that until we get to the next team stuff because we got there was
0: a a concerted strategy on our next drafter Uh, Uh, good to know
3: so james Conner. so i drafted james Conner in the second round last year worst decision ever uh I mean, certainly, you know, a big part of that was injuries, but also Big Ben. I think there's just a lot of uh I don't know, he had he had a great year filling in for Le'Veon Bell, and I think Matt's trying to relive the glory days. Um, and I don't think that he's as good as he was that one year. I think he was a one-year, one year, one-hit year one wonder. Let's talk about Chris Carson. Um, Matt had at one time held all three. Seattle running backs and trying to predict at any point what Pete Carroll is going to do with his running back situation is good luck so I kind of like that he drafted Chris Carson because I think he'll be just like constantly questioning if Rashad Penny is going to take the role um, or like if he's got injuries like I don't know there's, there's Carson a lot break
1: of... his hip or something that's what he's know. coming back from like uh, yeah, he was that. injured,
3: right? Because yeah, injured. yeah. Um, let's talk about Dak. So Matt drafted Dak last year too, and then dropped him.
2: Dropped him. The one that got away immediately.
1: That's Seth. I think uh, Seth Dak. was my only. So what happened to me last year? A lot of things happened to me last year. My record would have turned around. I I got too superstitious on Daniel Jones. And Daniel Jones would pop off for 40, 50 points every week that I benched him, and Dak would do the same on the inverse weeks. Um so I feel that a lot of trade offers for Dak as my record just ended up going in the toilet, but there were a few wins. I snatched a lot of losses from the Jaws of Victory. Same. And but yeah, Matt wouldn't shut up all season about dropping Dak. <laughs>
3: So I feel like he's just going to end up on the waiver wire, similar to the seventh round pick. And on, he's got no, no ties, no memory. Um, so that's irrelevant. Robert Woods, um, similar boom or bust. There's there, you know, between Cooper Cup and him. There's Brandon Cooks was basically irrelevant last year anyway. I had Brandon Cooks on my team, given all the injuries and uh, concussions, um, he was a non-factor. And I feel like in any given week. Goff can lock in on one target, whether that's Cup or Woods, or, and and now he's got Higby to throw to, so he could have some really big weeks, but also really dud weeks. Um, Stefan Diggs, new team, new situation, new quarterback, might be a good thing. More more times than not, that's a bad thing. Although you can't get much worse than last year, um, but you're still he's still buying him at a relative premium to his performance last year, as Jamie can attest to. Never owned Stephon Diggs think is the mode of operation there
2: and then AJ Green
3: I mean he's gonna have real fun he's like he's had what an entire year off and he's there's still a question of if he can practice at this point like how is he still injured um so it's just gonna be a it's gonna be a year of uh is he gonna play is he not going from questionable to doubtful to out back to in to out um so that'll be fun Deontay Johnson, there's there's apparently some hype around him uh, with Roethlisberger having some rapport, but is injury prone too at this point, so the whole Steelers organization could do something similar to what it did last year, which wasn't good for James Conner. I mean the um,
0: other problem there is that the Steelers are just really good at drafting wide receivers, and you know, what which, which one of those guys is is going to be the guy? Besides Juju, is it going to be James Washington? Well, yeah. Chase Claypool's getting a lot of hype. There's there's just a lot of guys that.
1: It's that funny are, you uh, say I that because really something I verbatim I heard Mike Tagliari say I think just the other day was like the Pittsburgh Steelers aren't good at drafting wide receivers. They just have Big Ben make a lot of receivers look good as he drops it where he wants. I don't what know. Do you, people talk about Deontay Johnson though, like he's like a poor man's Calvin Ridley this year. But what I'm hearing from Zach, is that Matt's team looks really good on 2019 paper. That's the story of the draft so far.
3: (laughs) And and, and I'll say for, for the Steelers, like last year they did, I mean, you know, they made a run based off of no offense. And that's because they've invested so heavily and have a strong defense. So if that trend continues, then a lot of their offensive weapons, like they could do well as a football team. But their offensive weapons as a fantasy team might not be performing.
2: Offhand, do any of you know how many touchdowns Robert Wood scored through the air last year? Don't cheat.
0: I'm gonna Put say your hands six, mouse.
2: Eight, four hands
0: off Four through the air. I'm staying four. Two. Two. Ooh. Did he get two more on the ground? He four total. Two in the air, one on the ground. Okay.
2: He murdered my team in the league we don't speak of last year, and um, I think Matt was pretty vocal about him being thrown off by who he who he saw in the first few rounds. Um, I don't know if you guys caught that the other night, Matt yep. expressing that this was not what he had planned for, um, and I'm not sure you know if he came in gunning for these wide receivers, but I think. He did. He did fairly well, I think, given his circumstances, which I think were a little unusual. You know, given the quarterbacks that got drafted fairly early, and uh, I think there's, I mean, b Hop went pretty late as well. And I'm, I'm making it up. There's a few things that happened in the draft that were.
3: Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I didn't. I people fell to me that I did not expect would be there. I mean, my second and third round pick were, yeah, not who I. I would have expected both of them to be gone before me.
2: And you lose one, and there's like jockeying of one or two players up front, and it does throw off the cadence, I think, of the rest of the draft. So mm-hmm. I can appreciate Matt being thrown off by that. I felt the same way a bit, and was scrambling there, taking my full time as well.
3: Huh. That's that's all the trashing I have to do with Matt's team. I'm, I'm sure my two minute timer expired about 15 minutes ago.
0: Yeah, about six minutes ago. We're okay. we're good. We're good. <laughs> Great. Uh. People, people expect two hour pods. It's just what they know what they're signing up for.
1: We've got a week uh, and a half till the season. We need to. Uh,
0: yeah, people, weeks. people yeah. can listen to this over two weeks. Sean, you wanna, you wanna tell us why your team's gonna win the championship? I feel like maybe we, we could fit this in in uh-huh. two minutes.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you why. Um, uh, we got Russell Wilson, right? And um, I'll be honest, he's the, he's probably the safest pick on my team, and the one that I, I question the most. Because of how high I drafted him, um, mm-hmm. I think you know I was hoping to get Dak to be honest with you, and Matt took him. I think the uh, one or two spots before.
3: two picks before you,
2: yeah. And so I think I got rushed into that pick, and um, I'm not, you know, if uh, if they if the let uh, Russ Cook movement uh, is 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 in full full effect, and Pete Carroll allows that, I could see him doing really well given the rapport he's built with Lockett and Metcalf. But, um, yeah, man, I'm I'm feeling – I feel like everyone would say he's a safe pick, but one that, honestly, my whole team is the one that I regret the most. Um, And that's with all my handcuffs, too. Uh, Chris Godwin, he's obviously a beast when he's healthy. There's some injury concerns there. But, obviously, Tom Brady is in FU mode. Um. After Belichick wants to show that <laughs> he can he can do it without Belichick, so I hope read, so. My read is that you know he's gonna he's gonna thrive in that uh, Edelman role. Um, obviously different offense, but you know it's a it's an old comfort. I feel like it's a toss up there between him and
3: Evans. Like who is who is Brady gonna connect with?
2: Well, yeah, that's all hard. of them. Yeah, you, you don't know even Scotty Miller. The you know I've getting some attention and uh, building a good rapport with Brady, but um yeah obviously that offense is gonna fly this year, so hoping hoping for a lot of points and you know I think Godwin connected on a lot of bombs from a uh, a lot of deep passes from Winston last year, which I think were driven by just the chaotic nature of that whole team, um, as Javis would always throw. Well, it's an interception from the 20-yard line, like the start off every game. It was just so painful to watch. But um, Yeah,
1: the chatter on the Bucks is they're going to just be throwing nonstop. Yeah. And that chip on the shoulder. Are the Bu- Real quick, can I ask, are the Bucks playing the Pats?
2: Uh, not surely, that I know
1: of. Surely that got scheduled. I
2: don't know. I don't know if they did that. I can
1: look it up. I, I don't want to throw off the anal- analysis, but I say this also from a fantasy perspective. I'm, I'll am i get to it later. But I'm banking on Brady just, like, throwing 10 touchdowns a game.
3: I'd be okay with that if he throws it to his running back, his new brand-new shiny running back.
2: Fanet about it. <laughs> Dude, I hope, I hope he pans out some and gives you some fifth round of value at some point this year Um, moving on Kenny Galladay. I mean, he's like uh, obviously a proven, you know, deep threat and somebody that can survive under a non Matthew Stafford Lions team, which to me is like amazing that anybody can have a decent year without Stafford on that team. Um, His contract
3: is in question, right?
2: Yeah. It's a contract year. So He's, the of I was between him and Robinson to be honest with you. Um, Alan Robinson had 154 targets last year with Trubisky uh, thrown to him, and uh, I don't know how long the Mitch Trubisky experiment is going to continue with both uh, back and forth. So maybe even starting, who knows? But I think uh, uh,
0: they named Trubisky the starter today. So I, think I saw that, that. That's what was. It yeah, yeah, we'll I see thought. if that lasts.
2: Yeah. Everybody is waiting for that that to turn, and when it does, I, I could see Allen becoming a more productive uh, receiver. Um, but I went with Galladay, um, hoping that Matt Stafford, you know, does well. Saquon, that's really not much of a pitch to discuss. Uh, I like Jason Garrett is calling his plays. Um, I debated if I had number one if I take Saquon over Christian, and I think. um yeah. Part of me would say yes to that this year. I just, I don't know. I got really hyped up on him. Um, so I'm all in on Saquon this year. gonna have a big year. David David yeah. is a human being that has broken many hearts. And, um, <laughs> I've actually never found myself on that train. So I've, I'm somewhat unaffected, but also seen an entire franchise seemingly leverage everything and build O'Brien somewhat leveraged his reputation on sending Hop away for this pick. So part of me just says intuitively that like this one has to work out. Um, so I'm- I read it. I
3: read an analysis the other day and this is because i i uh, uh, drafted Deshaun Watson, but um, someone was making a case for Deshaun Watson being the number one QB this year because they, they have tried to build the whole team around his his skill set, and mm. the reason they brought in David Johnson and Duke Johnson is they want pass catching backs. Period. Mm. Um, even though uh, the past two years they've basically run it straight up the middle with like yeah. Lamar Miller and uh, Carlos Hyde last year. Uh, but if that's if that's true, then having you know basically six people to throw to yeah. um, in any one play. Including David Johnson being a great pass catching back could work out versus the way that Arizona used him Uh last year, which was which was not like that.
1: Is that so? Deshaun doesn't run as much, or that when he starts to scramble, he can like kind of quick lateral it out, like he's faking, like he's scrambling, and then boom. Does it does seem like they don't want him to run as much? Uh, Interesting.
2: And as we know, I mean, from last year's playoff uh, situation where Deshaun Watson was credited with his amazing athleticism when it was purely physics that got him out of that Bill's pass rush. Um, I don't know if you remember that, where he kind of got, he spun off the collision of two Bill's players and mm-hmm. it was like the most amazing thing in the world. When truly, if you look at the play, it's a matter of physics. That is the only thing that should be credited on that play. Not necessarily Deshaun wants balance. So yeah, again, like, I don't know. David Johnson's a bit of a toss-up, but I like his upside potential. And to be honest, because the the whole the whole draft got thrown off for me early on, um, I expected to take Eckler, or I hoped to take Eckler or Jones um, based on their ADP. And I got sniped by this guy named Zach in front of me. Yeah, well, I thought Eckler was going to fall. I I was surprised that Eckler was there for me. Well, my. Uh, my fantasy pros mock drafts was uh, telling me a different story. Um, mm-hmm. Tyler Higby had some crazy finish, like to the year last year. It,
3: it was great for me as a fill-in tight end when when yeah. uh, Waller was was hurt.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, um, I don't know. He he uh, he's he's a bit of a roll of the dice, but I like I like his upside potential too, and um, I like I just like the guys that had rapport or heat with their quarterback pre-COVID. Um, I'm hoping some of that momentum spills over into this season. And same thing with Shepard. I thought you know he it was like he had six plus targets every every uh, game last year um, when he played. So um, I just thought that was a nice little stat um, that gave me confidence to draft him. I think in the eighth or so. Uh, I'll be honest. Swift was a, a guy that I didn't do my homework on. Uh, I did my homework on early and didn't check uh, up on later on. I realized that he'd been banged up. Um, So somewhat regret regret that pick, but, you know, he could pan out if he gets through that injury. Madison is, um, yeah, and then the rest of the story here is um, potential bell cow uh, RB1 backups. And, you know, the thought process is simple. It's a year of a lot of unknowns. Uh, a lot of testing protocol situations. You never know who's going to get thrown on, get thrown into what, who's going to run into what. But um, for Ezekiel Elliott to be found, you know, with a high temperature one day would not absolutely shock me. Um, you know, coming to a game on a Sunday morning after a Saturday night, that would not totally blow me away. Um, and so I was hopeful there. Down was an injury risk. So I like Madison. Um, he obviously had some great work when he got into play last year. Um, seemed to be able to take 15 to 20 easy. Duke Johnson, obviously, is my uh, insurance policy for uh, the David Johnson experiment. And then I've seen, you know, have, I had Eckler last year, and I've appreciated the Melvin Gordon uh, Eckler thing that, that happened based on my draft last year. because I picked up both of them, if you'll remember. Um, so I've watched he's hurt right now I think right uh, what'd you say Justin Jackson isn't he hurt yeah he's yeah, he got banged up um, yeah he's a little banged up and then uh, yeah, they have Joshua Kelly in there as well but um, I feel like J- Justin Jackson based on his longevity with the organization um, to come back when he's healthy and hopefully Eckler stays healthy all year but if he doesn't it'd be nice to have that insurance policy and the deal on Lewis I just picked up because Seth mentioned him at the end so
3: my question is what do you do when you, when you have a buy?
2: You know, that's um, obviously something that I have to figure out what four weeks in a month in. Yeah. But I just feel like okay. there's a whole lot of football being played in between now and then and a whole lot of unknowns. So I can, you know, ship a few of these guys off or drop some folks if necessary, work some trade. Um, but I feel like it's decent trade bait. I think these are all, you know, high potential guys if they get the right opportunity and, you can see any of them being, you know, a top fifteen option on any given week if, uh, if you know, things seem the right way. So I went strong on the wide receiver front, uh, drafting rounds two and three with their wide receivers, and then, um, you know, make up for it by strengthening my potential RB finish for the back end of the season, which is usually how I like to play. My,
3: my question is, have you have you used this strategy before or is this first year to, to do this?
2: If you follow, I mean, I'm pretty much consistent with getting handcuffs. I don't know if you guys have seen but that. But this, this many? Not this many, but, um, you know, if you think of my draft strategies the past two years, <clears throat> I had Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara two years ago, which inspired Caleb to steal him last year. I'm just joking, Caleb. You obviously weren't. But uh, and then last year I, I did the uh Mark or, uh Melvin Gordon Austin Eckler thing, so just these offenses that you know are going to be ground and pound, and uh, you know, if, if uh if an injury occurs, then uh, you know, it's, it's a. Which
1: is it? uh, oh, I was saying it's a good strategy before. I I mean, I just thinking about it in real time before bye weeks start to hit because how many like golden tickets do you have to either trade? I think about this. Cause I'm like, wow, look at all of my bench that could hit. And it's like, I can't play them all. Cause I'm going to still play my starters. So you've got just these great chips for a second half run.
2: Yeah. And- I also
1: just like how many New York giants you have.
2: <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm praying on some insecurity too. Right. As um, you know, folks get into the year and then start thinking about their teams and start thinking about, well, what if something goes wrong with this guy? And, I just think because running back depth is so weak this year, um, you know, that's, that's the hypothesis. So I probably said too much about it, but that, that's that's um, what I was thinking. And uh, I like Buffalo, Buffalo, <laughs> Buffalo's defense. I'll probably scream some time, but man, I, I, the, the Bills are bringing back like their entire team. And I don't you know, man. I'm I'm really high on the Bills. I don't know if the Stefan Diggs thing is going to work out immediately. But I just like that organization. Uh,
1: they're going to be fun, and they're going to—it's going to be a, like a run and gun, like beautiful chaos type team that could like be like the Titans last year.
2: Yeah, man, I like Zach. Ma- Especially
4: in a division that's weaker now. Um, True. One
2: Ooh.
4: one thing. Let me—we should move on uh, because this is unsustainable. Uh, <laughs> but, so I'll handle the like the negative. Which is actually going to be more of a compliment here. I'm pretty fascinated by this strategy and I, the logic of basically like I have a month and change to, uh, to finalize that that bench on my team. Um, I think that could really work out, especially with what we expect might happen with COVID and with what we typically see happen mm. in the league anyway, where you've you've churned probably half of those normally in the first like six weeks. Um mm. And so maybe some of these guys will hit, maybe they won't, and you're not really any any worse for wear on that because you'll have um, other people who are on the wire right now who step up and you need to roster them anyway. The biggest question mark I have, and I think you're maybe the this running back strategy will be what determines if you win the league or not. I think David Johnson is super interesting, and I come to it from a place of having been burned by him before as well. But this is, I I looked it up. This is his sixth year in the league. um, And his only thousand yard season was in year two. Um, He's had a bunch of injuries in there too. So I I think there's a big question of what does he have? If you just think about like running back longevity, what does he have left? Does he have another like 12 or 1300 yard season and some touchdowns in him? Maybe this like change of scenery does it. Um, But that feels to me like the, the like highest risk, high, highest reward potential for your team. Where, um, yeah, if he really hits, it could be, I think, a league winner for you, especially with the other depth at running back that you already have. Because it to me, it looks like chances are you're you're probably going to have three solid running backs for most of the season, if not all of it. Uh, surely you'll you have what eight on your team right
2: now. So, uh, <laughs> I have six, I think. I think I have six. I mean, no, I have eight. Yeah, yeah, I have eight. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're so, old bench, amazing. I have six in my other league. Um, yeah, that's. Um, thanks, Caleb. Yeah, I mean, who knows? It's uh, obviously not a strategy. It's yeah, new definition is zero, okay. zero RB, but we'll um, see. No. They're good
1: bargaining chips, though. If you wanted to start because of COVID. Shop Tony to Zeke's owner and all that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I imagine you guys are smart enough to know that, you know, uh, obviously these guys, something terrible is going to have to happen to Zeke, and then he's going to become too expensive, right, to trade. When
1: I've had seasons threaten to go sideways, like kind of a few games in, I've definitely scoured waivers for, like, deep bench stashes in, like, it's a – Rough strategy, but in prayers that someone starting running back goes down, that I can all of a sudden cash in a bunch of chips. Yeah, we'll,
2: we'll see, man. We'll see. It's, it's a disaster. It so we'll, we'll see.
4: Zeke's already had COVID, right? I think we saw that. Yes. You know, he's he's good to go. Yeah. I guess if he drive. has a with the fever, they would still make him sit anyway, right? There's no, like, immunity protocol, potential immunity protocol. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't think they have anything like that in place. I don't. I don't
3: think it's. I don't think it's just showing symptoms. I think you. I think it's positive test.
4: Okay. Result. Because they're testing them every day. Well, yeah. Regardless, I don't think Pollard's a bad uh, backup to be holding. But we'll. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I mean,
0: Tony, Tony, and Duke Johnson. Like both of those guys will get some touches and run, even without an injury. I don't think, you know, either of those will be superstar production, but those are guys that'll be involved in the offense before an injury. And then if an injury does happen, like all of a sudden they're smash plays. Um, Okay. For the rest of these, let's just take a look at the team and decide if we want to talk about the positive view or or the negative view, whichever one we think is more fun. And we'll see if that makes us go faster. Um, But if not, we can just...
1: It's good we spent this amount of time though on the guy who came back and the top two picks because yeah they have the greatest set of things around which we can then th- hurl spitballs or extend grace for the rest of the... Yeah, we've, we've yeah, talked everyone strategy. Else like, and everyone way. else is just duking it out and we can have multiple podcasts, but now we're like, we've taken our hits at one and two and and drew for no good reason um
0: <laughs> we're hazing the new guy not hazing <laughs> I, I i don't endorse hazing but initiating we're, we're welcoming mm, exactly.
1: it. back mean, to the brotherhood
0: all right all of you can go fall in well